Truck Month is on now. Get 1.49% financing for up to 72 months on a 2022 Chevrolet Silverado 1500. Plus, eligible Costco members can receive a $750 bonus on select trucks. Conditions apply. Visit ChevroletOffers.ca. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Game over, series over, and the Red Sox are world champs again. Here comes a one-two pitch. Red Sox win the World Series. Five to one, the final tonight. You're listening to the Pesky Report, a podcast dedicated to the Boston Red Sox by Red Sox fans. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Pesky Report. This is episode six. I am your host, Brad Chandler. With me tonight, I have Lauren and Ryan. Uh, Ryan is actually a follower of the podcast, and I asked him to come on to talk a little bit about the Boston Red Sox. And it's a pleasure to have you on, Ryan. How are you both doing tonight? Thanks for having me. Good, good, Good to be on. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely feeling a lot better today after the Red Sox <laughs> swept the Rays, so I'll yeah. take that as a win. Yeah, it's definitely a lot better on a, a you know, it's Wednesday uh, after Sunday. A lot of Red Sox fans were down in the dumps. Uh, a lot of fans were basically like, the season's already over. It's a dumpster fire. It's basically like we're going to get 162 games uh, in 2021 of a 2020 type team. I'm not giving up. I wasn't going to give up. I'm very optimistic about this team. Uh, do I believe that they're going to end up winning the World Series? I don't know. I don't think, think that's going to happen, but I definitely think that they have a chance to make it into uh, get the wild card. So we will actually go ahead and talk about the Red Sox in a little bit. I want to go ahead and start off by talking a little bit about what's been going on in, uh, throughout the league. So we're going to start off one of the big stars, Tatis Jr. Fernando Tatis Jr. ended up coming out of the game on Sunday uh, that the uh, the Padres lost. It was 3-2 to the Giants. Uh, during the game, many people could only speculate what was wrong. Uh, they didn't know if it was a shoulder or an elbow injury. Um, he swung. I, I guess he like swung so hard. He dislocated his shoulder. Uh they ended up, the Padres announced on Monday that Tatis had suffered a shoulder subluxation. I think that's how you pronounce that. I'm horrible with pronouncing like those types of injuries or whatever. But uh, it's, 
it's a partial dislocation of the joint. And Tatis and the team are both saying that he will not need surgery. Um, not sure why the Padres would want to go that route, especially with the fact that they just signed a long contract uh, extension with him. But they're hoping that Tatis can return in as little as 10 days. Let's get your thoughts on this, Ryan. Uh, that would scare the heck out of me if, if I'm a, a huge Pods fan. Um, you know, I, I'd really worry about that nagging injury. Uh, that sounds like a very overly optimistic time frame from coming back from an injury like that. And if I'm making that long of a commitment to that kind of player, I want him right for the long haul. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, not that you want to go under the knife right away, but uh, that's a scary looking injury. But boy, it feels like one that uh, it can keep reoccurring over and over again. I do believe that this is the second time he's dislocated his shoulder. So if that's the case, I think that going under the knife might be, um, might be best. But um, Lauren, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, obviously you don't want to rush him back by any means, especially we're in the, the very beginning of the season. So there's no reason to rush him back right now. You want to make sure that, the face of your franchise is 100, 110%, no matter what. Um, subluxation isn't nearly as severe as a full dislocation, which obviously is good news, but he does have that slight tear of the labrum, I think it was. Right. Um, so my whole thing is, obviously, when a shoulder dislocates, chances are it has a high chance of happening again or a, a bigger chance of happening again if, you know, if, if no one's, if you've never dislocated your shoulder before. So my thing is, will his mechanics, his swing mechanics change because of that? Um, you know, that's a lot of, obviously you, you use your upper body a lot in baseball, especially his swing. And Tatis has a very forceful swing. And it makes you wonder when he comes back, what does that change at all? Um, as for the 10 days, I think it's just an optimistic lookout. Just, you know, doesn't mean he's going to come back in 10 days. I think they will be very, very cautious. Um, you know, and it really depends on how severe the, the dislocation is. There's probably still a ton of swelling. There's probably still a lot that they can't really tell in the first 48, 72 hours there. And I think, I mean, obviously next week, but I really think after the weekend or Friday or Saturday, Padres fans and MLB fans that love watching Tatis will have a better idea of his time frame being out. But, you know, I, I really would proceed with caution with him. You, just, you committed to him for a very, very long time. You're paying him a lot of money and you want him to be 100% healthy and you don't want to risk further injury because you rushed him, rushed him back six games into the season. Yeah, I definitely agree there. So it's like your star player who you just extended for 14 years could possibly need surgery. And instead of giving the kid the rest that he needs, you know, basically to relax and take on this injury, uh, they're saying, you know, they're taking it lightly by saying, you know, they think that he could come back in as little as 10 days. Like you said, I think that's a very optimistic um, point of uh, like way of thinking. And yeah, they definitely could, you know, reevaluate the situation um, by the end of the 10 days. So we'll definitely keep everybody posted on that. And uh you know, you, you know I, I don't like the idea, though. It's, I think it's also putting pressure on him, too. You throw out 10 days. I'd rather say 30 days and let him come back in 10. You know, you put yeah. that out there. I don't like and, – and defensively, 
the position he plays. He's not a first baseman. He's putting a lot of demand, not only the swing, but also defensively on that shoulder. That, but I, I really don't like that time frame out there. Uh, to me, that, that puts a little bit of pressure on him. I don't. I wouldn't like that. Especially when the the real risk, obviously, if he gets rushed back, is being his shoulder being so unstable and the, like the stability just isn't there that he just then he'll force the surgery and he'll probably never be the same. I mean, obviously, he won't ever be the same if you have surgery, but you know it's longer recovery in the surgery and something that maybe could have been avoided had you not rushed him back. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll find out. I'm pretty sure that you know the Padres have more um, experience with a situation like this than you know the three of us. <laughs> um, but uh, going on to the next thing, uh, next subject: the new uniforms um, from Nike, uh, Nike MLB City Connects, uh, came out. This uh, I believe it actually came out yesterday, uh, which would be Tuesday. Uh, the Nike MLB City Connect Series jerseys were announced. Uh, the first one was received with a lot of backlash. Uh, the Red Sox released pictures and a video showing a yellow jersey with blue lettering. Nike announced other teams uh, would be expecting jerseys for their cities as well. Uh, those teams would be both teams in Chicago, L.A., Miami, San Francisco, and Arizona. Uh, we talked a little bit about this before we started recording and I'm kind of alone on this, but I'm going to let you two talk about how, what you, uh, what your thoughts are on the jerseys. Uh, go ahead and start, Lauren. Yeah, so I I really like the meaning behind them. Um, you know, obviously the the marathon colors have you know they're yellow and blue, and it's a great way to commemorate the marathon and one Boston day and the victims of 2013. I just don't. They don't do it for me. Um, I don't know if it's the yellow. I don't know if it's just like, I don't know what it is, but I personally do not like them. I won't rush out to get one. I feel like I said, I love the meaning behind them. They're just, they're just not for me. Yeah. I'm with you, Lauren. Uh, they're, they're not for me. Um, I love what they stand for. And for me, the, the thing that kind of bothers me the most about it is, is hearing fans thinking that oh, it's just a way to make money. Um, to, to me, that's that's a really poor take. You know, I, I may not like the jersey for me, um, but you know what? I like what it stands for. And uh, I think, you know, a good positive thing. And uh, fans are going to get off uh, ripping, you know, every time they can. So I, I have a different uh, thought on it than you two. I absolutely love it. I think it's great. But – it, to to take away from what you just said, Ryan, about it being a, a a money play, it absolutely is. It's a business, and you know Nike's there to make money whichever way they can. Um, I personally was like, take my damn money, J- just take my money, you know. And I went out and bought one, and their their blue uh, fitted hats. I went and bought one of those as well. So I'm expecting to get my yellow and blue Boston jersey uh, later this month. But uh, also with that being said, a lot of people were disappointed in the fact uh, of the colors because they were like, oh, they're the red socks, not the yellow and blue socks. Whatever, people. Like, actually do your research on do the research why they did it why they're the why the colors are what they chose um i'm excited to see what the other teams are going to use uh for their jerseys 
It's definitely, you know, it's definitely a, a money grab, of course. What I'm saying is I don't think the, the Sox are taking, they're not making money off the situation of what happened. I think they're honoring, oh, you know, the, you right. know, uh, of, of course, if we're going to sell, uh, you know, 4th of July jerseys, of course, there's a reason for it. But uh, the yellow and blue, what it stands for, they're going to make alternate jerseys for that case anyway. But uh, I like the decision that they went. Uh, just may not be the stylish choice for me. That's all. So on to the next uh Next thing we got to talk about, I, I don't really want to spend too much time or energy on this, but it was announced um, earlier this week that the 2021 All-Star game was going to be played. That was going to be played in Atlanta this year has been moved uh, to be played in Colorado. Uh, the only reason why I'm not like really wanting to like sit on this too much is because of the political stance on here. I understand why it's being moved, but. Uh, what are your guys' thought on this? Just quick. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know like the the politics behind like I don't dive deep right, into politics. Me neither. I obviously know why it was moved. MLB made the decision; they thought it was right. Then you have Dave Roberts and Alex Cora being supportive of that. So that's all really I'm going to say about it. MLB did what they think is right, and they're still going to have the All Star Game in at Coors Field. It's still going to go on, and uh, that's that, really. Yeah, I just feel bad for the city of Atlanta. Yeah, know? absolutely. Uh, yeah. Like I, I was reading a story about how there was a uh, a, a deli or uh, a food food mart like right next to the stadium, and they were like, "Well, this hurts me because of the fact that I'm not going to make money uh, during this All Star game." So, uh, you know, they had to do what they had to do. I don't really, you know, know the politics behind it. I don't want to talk about it. We're going to move on. Um, I don't actually know how to pronounce this kid's name, but I'm going to try and I'm probably going to screw it up. Uh, Tigers Akil Badu uh, ended up making history with the Detroit Tigers. On Sunday, his very first game as a major leaguer, he ends up hitting a home run with the first pitch that he sees. And then he continues to make history in the second game. Uh, the 22-year-old made the jump from single A to MLB. He didn't play a single game in double A or triple A. And his second day in the majors, he hits his second home run. Did you guys end up hearing about this? Yeah, no, this kid, it, it, it's, it's exciting. It, it's why baseball is the, is, is the best sport. I have no idea if this is the, the next superstar of baseball. Could be. Right. Or it could just be like a great, awesome story to start the season. Uh, he's hotter than hot, but this, it doesn't happen in other sports. This is why baseball is great. Uh, I hope he keeps going. Uh, Detroit deserves something to cheer about, but it's a, it's a heck of a start for sure. It's so much fun too. And, you know, like you said, Ryan, it's why baseball is the best sport. Um, it's, it gives fans, not even Tigers fans, but MLB fans, something to, to read about, to look into, and to be like, wow, this is a really good, like, feel-good story. You don't get a ton of those in baseball, and when they happen, it's fun. And now he's probably got a bigger following than he did over the weekend, and it's going to have eyes on him. It's gonna, people are going to wonder, is this the real deal? Is he going to be a legit MLB player? Or is he going to fade out? Like, What's going to happen? So it definitely is so much fun, and I absolutely love when – new kids come in and just make history right off the bat. They're just like, this is my league. Now we're going to have some fun and it's going to be me who does it. Yeah, it, it was, it was pretty cool. And also, you know, with the fact that he made uh, his appearance this year and then there are fans in the stands, uh, his family was there 
So that was pretty cool to see that. Uh, but the, uh, another thing is, is the Tigers, you know, with the Tigers being around since 1901, um, but do, I hope I'm saying his name right. Cause I'm, I'm going to feel like an ass if I'm not. Uh, he now owns part of two historic feeds. He was uh, the ninth player in the franchise uh, to hit a homer in his first at bat. And he joined Hack Miller, uh, 1944, Sam, Sam Vicko, 1948, Gates Brown, 1963, Bill Rowan, 1964, Gene Lamont, 1970, Reggie Sanders, 1974, Daniel Norris, 2015, and Sergio, Sergio Alcantara of 2020. Um, only Vicko and Badu uh, did it on the first pitch. So that's cool to hear. Uh, we actually, what we're... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. We're going to go ahead and talk about the Red Sox. Um, we had a great series against the Tampa Bay Rays. And before we do that, I have a little bit of audio uh, for the three games that uh, they just played. That is Nick Pavetta. Last year, 2-0 and and a couple of starts for the Red Sox at the end of the season. Checks went, oh, but he went. He committed. That is a swing and a miss. He got him, and he's out of the inning. And a 1-1. Went after that one off the outside corner, down the line. That one sailing, and it is gone. The Red Sox going with Martin Perez. And a 1-2. And right through there to freeze him and strike him out. Two down. Well, it's almost like he caught him by surprise with that fastball. Like was... High fly ball. That one way back there. Watch it go. It is gone. And this game is tied. First start of the season for Nady Valdi featured temperatures in the low 30s. Along with DJ LeMahieu, of course. 3 2 spotted. 2 1 offering is blasted. Christian Vazquez lives up to his new name and goes long. So after getting swept by the crappy Orioles in the first series, the home home opener uh, of the year, the Red Sox went and swept the American League champions uh, of, of 2020. I was actually like, I wasn't like super shocked that they, they beat them the first two games. I am kind of shocked that they ended up sweeping them. Uh, but... I mean, game one, Nick Pavetta went five. Uh, he looked great. 
Uh, game two, Martin Perez, he he did what he usually does. He keeps the team in the game. And Nate Evaldi today, just nasty Nate. He ended up going seven innings, which is the first time a pitcher has gone that far into a game. Um, what are your guys' thoughts? We're going to end up talking more about, about the series. Right now, what are your thoughts on how the series ended up going? Obviously, I'm impressed with the sweep. Um, I think that in my mind that the Red Sox just came out hungry. You know, they lost to, they were swept by the lowly Orioles to open their season and they come back and answer with three straight against the the reigning AL champs. So I think we saw a lot of positives uh, throughout the series. Offense, pitching, Matt Barnes was incredible and his stuff was electric, which was super, super positive to see. But overall, I think that this series even though it's still early in the season, will give Red Sox fans a lot to be optimistic about uh, going forward. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I mean, if you told me uh, after the sixth game that they were three and three, uh, I would have said for sure, uh, but not not how they got here. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, honestly, for me, uh, Garrett Richards and, um, and Nick Pavetta are really going to determine how the Sox go. I feel like we know, you know, Nate, what he can be and often what, what, what the you know the end of the season Perez we know what he can be um but if Garrett Richards can put it together but Nick Pavetta I, I'm very bullish and, and Heim's a guy that knows how to find pitching he gave you everything that you wanted to see out of Pavetta the other day and the Sox coming back the other night uh, I was talking prior to is uh you know extra innings you know being down and coming back that's a game last year they have they do not win uh, Alex Cora, I think, has really got this team the, the idea of, of buying in that we're not we're not out, so we're out, and uh, coming back and fighting. That's something that's really nice to see. And, and to just play off of what you were just saying, Ryan, um, they didn't just come back and, and and like keep playing. They came back three times, and they were down by. They had a deficit three different times in this game, and they ended up winning. One of the <laughs> One of the things that ended up happening and I was screaming basically at my, at my television was the JD blunder uh, when he, he didn't realize that there was only one out and Devers knocked it out into center field. It got caught by Margot and you know, JD's like, ah, there was only one out. Oops. But he redeemed himself. Which yeah, is we got hitting four four twenty to start the year. Whatever crazy thing is, I guess you're allowed to blunder like that one once in a while. Uh, but yeah, he definitely definitely kind of fell asleep at that. But uh, you know, they really put together a really nice strong showing. And honestly, even the first two games of the year, they played well. If not for you know a, a, a Kike, uh, you know, unlike common you know error there, a boot here. I mean, they they played well in games one and games two. And Richards gave them they didn't give an opportunity. You know, outside of even get going, but they look good. So even in losses. And and the in the Richards game, I talked about this in the last episode. Um, I don't actually blame Richards for all of what happened. I believe that uh the first inning, there was a couple um situations where he could have been out of the first inning unscathed and he would have had a one two inning. Um, but the third inning, I mean, he definitely has to own that one. And then the fact, you know, like I, I threw the pitches, I was throwing strikes, you know, they just connected. Yeah. He's not owning, uh, up to it. Um, I'm not going to crap on Richards until maybe like his third start and see how that happens. Cause if you remember last year, 
Martin Perez, his first start against the Orioles, they ended up getting beat. So, I mean, probably not nearly as bad as, you know, what happened with Richard, but there's that. Uh, so I love Martin Perez and who knows, you know, maybe we end up loving the mullet guy. He's got a lot of moving parts. He really does. You know, and, and I think, I think if get Richards, you know, that that's a problem. It might take a guy like him a little longer to, to kind of get caught up just because his delivery his mechanics, if they're out of whack, and we saw early in spring training, uh, same kind of thing. You know, he wasn't right when they clicked in. You know, but it's an adjustment. You know, he's coming. He's coming up here. He's playing Fenway. You know, uh, you know, he's got fans in the stands. A little different, but uh, you know, I obviously he has the goods. He's you know, his spin rate is off the charts. But um, you know, his mechanics are are a key thing. I didn't like his response though. That I, that I will say is you know, I, I made the pit. I don't. I don't think they'll play too well in Boston over a full season. Mm. Yeah, I think, you know, right now it's obviously too early to make assumptions and make our minds up about one one player, whether that's, you know, Garrett Richards or J.D. Martinez. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, he has to own well, his mistakes. He has to learn from his mistakes and he has to grow from his mistakes. This is a new team and this is a hard team, too. You know, this is a hard team to play for, not even for the Red Sox, but the media too. And the fans, like they are, the fans will turn on you so fast. The media will cling to any storyline they can and run with it. I mean, we saw it with David Price and at times, like, yes, he brought it upon himself, but this is, this is not the road Garrett Richards wants to go down by any means. So like I said, too early to really make our minds up about him, but obviously he needs to turn it around. But plenty, plenty of time to do that. Yeah, uh, to to build off of what you were saying, or to continue off of what you were saying, Ryan, the the fact that he didn't, he basically didn't own um, what was going on. It, it's you know, you got somebody who's like Chris Sale, who's like, yeah, I just sucked. Uh, I, I just sucked. And then you go to a guy named like Garrett Richards, and he's like, well, I I did this, and I was doing this, right? It's like, dude, we gotta have you. You know, we got to get you with Chris Sale because Sale does the right things when he's talking to the media. He's telling people, you know, like, if I suck, I suck. And uh, that's that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, obviously with time, you know, one start, you know, no whatever. But, uh, you know, it, it, I think his time will play much better in Boston, you know, being upfront, being accountable. And you didn't have it on a day. Okay. You know, like that happens all the time. Like baseball is meant if you, if you fail seven out of ten times you're great. Um, you know, but, uh, yeah, he, he definitely didn't have it on that day, but, uh, want to see a little more accountability. I think that will, will fly a lot better. I think too, that's, you know, what Red Sox fans really liked about Rick Porcello too. When he was here, that man could get shelled for 12 runs and he would show up and be like, wow, I sucked. That can't happen. Here's what I need to do better. And then there'd be times he's like, I don't know what's wrong. I don't, I know I need to fix it, but I need to figure out what's wrong before I can fix what's wrong. And, you know, I think I think that accountability certainly goes a long way. You don't want somebody coming in and be like, eh, well, you know, it was cold. Eh, well, I don't really know what was going on. You want that accountability because it shows that, you know, you're a team guy and that you know sometimes that you're not perfect. You're gonna have mistakes, you're gonna you're gonna get blown up, you're gonna get you're gonna have great outings too. But you need to own those bad outings as much as you're gonna own the good ones. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, something you're going to get eaten alive if you're going to uh, talk that way about, you know, to the media, especially in Boston. So uh, let's get on to the games, uh, the series. We had a game one, which was a blowout. Uh, the Red Sox ended up winning 11 to 2. This was on Monday. I was absolutely delighted. I was uh, not just the fact that it was a blowout. It was just you ended up having a garbage, a garbage home opening s- series against a team who's been a basement dweller for I don't even know how long, uh, how many years. But you lose the first three games of the season to the Baltimore Orioles, and your fans are just going to crap all over you because of this. Uh, you know, I've heard people crapping on. Renfro, Kike, uh, Frenchie. So it's like they redeemed themselves in this in this game. Come out, knock out 11 runs. They gave two up, whatever. You can do that, especially when you're up 11. Uh, this game was started by Nick Pavetta. He was, I don't think you could have asked for a better start from a pitcher. Um, the first two games of the season, uh, we ended up having uh, Evaldi and Hauk. Uh, they did what they could to keep the team in the games. Uh, unfortunately, they weren't able to win the games. Nick Pavetta, he did the exact same thing, but the team actually scored some runs. He ended up throwing for five innings. Uh, he threw 42 of his four-seam fastball. He threw 38 um, of his slider, and then he threw 12 of his curveball. Um, what were your thoughts on his outing on game one, um, Ryan? I think Nick Bavetta really showed, you know, a, a nice contrast, you know, not to keep on, on Garrett Richards, but, you know, Garrett Richards really never played in a big market for Nick Bavetta is coming from Philadelphia, you know, a city that has massive expectations and their fans are not known to be the most pleasant uh, fan base in the world. So Nick Bavetta came out um, and really took the, you know, role of almost stopper. And said, like, all right, I'm going to go out here. You know, I'm going to be bullish. I'm going to be tough against a team that came in feeling pretty good about themselves um, in Tampa when they came into the series. Um, you know, but the difference is Nick just gave you an opportunity where, you know, it really doesn't like to square things up. Uh, he got a little, you know, walked a little bit there uh, in the one inning, uh, got a little bit in trouble, got a little little too fine. But uh, I really like the complement of the pitches, and he reminds me of uh, you know, kind of a throwback pitcher. He's got a big arsenal. He's got a big arm. And uh, I really love what I saw. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think I have anything to add. You nailed it, Ryan. Like, you know, I think that it was really encouraging too. And hopefully, it's you know foreshadowing what's going to come in the in his other starts in this season. And hopefully, he can really cement himself in this rotation and in this roster. That would be fantastic, especially for Red Sox fans and having Chris Sale out until an undetermined amount of time. And really not knowing if Erod is going to bounce back from not only dead arm, but myocarditis too. Hopefully that he's good to go and this is smooth sailing throughout the season. But knowing that you have somebody like Pavetta ready to go um, and can kind of give you five, six innings, that's a huge plus right there. Yeah, it's 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 definitely nice to see that you have your number four starter who is, you know, doing He's doing everything. He's doing everything right. He was able to, you know, keep the t- uh, keep the team in the game. 
And, you know, he, he gave them five innings. It would have been nice to get like a six, you know, six innings, but I get it. You know, um, I'm very pleased with the outcome um, from the pitchers. You had Pavetta, you had injuries. Um, I don't know how I'm feeling about uh, Darwinson yet uh, this year. I've been pretty high on him um, before last year. Um, it seems like he's he's got command issues. So uh, I know that when they put him in yesterday, I was just like, well, what's going on? Why are we doing this? Or why are we going this route again? You know, it, it is what it is. I get it. Um, but you had Adovino. He came out. Um, and then Valdez came out. He closed it. Good game pitching-wise. Uh, even better game for the offense. We had one, two, three, four doubles. Uh, we had Franchi. He hit a double. Verdugo hit a double. Bogarts and uh, Enrique or Kike. I don't know why I keep saying Enrique. And then this was the game where J.D. Martinez ended up hitting the home run uh, off the pesky pole, uh, which, you know, with the name of our podcast, I absolutely was, like, delighted to find out that one of our followers on Twitter was actually at the game. So I asked him, I was like, hey, shoot me a picture of the pesky pole, and we'll tag you in it and say you were there. So that was pretty cool. Um, the offense came alive. It wasn't alive during the first first it wasn't alive for the first series what did you think uh let's go uh, go with you lauren yeah i mean mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing chumba casino this year i was only playing for fun so winning this was a dream come true chumba casino is america's number one social casino experience it's serious fun with over 80 casino style games to choose from you too could win life-changing amounts of cash be like mary log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary void or prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details the voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner whether it's baker's simple truth turkey or mac and cheese with murray's english cheddar or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays and baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories baker's fresh for everyone Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Bakers, fresh for everyone. I, don't, I mean, it was awesome. It was really, I think the Red Sox just need to come home because everything just seemed to mesh once they once they got to Fenway, got the Orioles out of Fenway and welcomed the Rays um, into Boston. But, you know, seeing JD just be... JD from 2019 from 2018 and to see him especially after that base running blunder to see him really kind of make up for it and just be that complete player that he's that we know he is yeah that blunder was last night uh, during last night's game and you know I kind of I don't know I wouldn't have made that mistake but you know I've also never played in the uh and in the majors so I can't say that I would never make that mistake I will say after after the game, he really handled it like a pro. Like he, obviously, he was asked about it in his post game press conference, and he was like, "Oh no, it was all part of the plan. I knew that if I uh, messed up there, then Christian Vasquez would have the chance to tie the game. And it would all be good." So like, it was just really awesome to to see him not get down on himself. Obviously, it's easier once you win the game too, but just to see that he how he 
handled himself, handled the question and really made it about the team. That was just a little tidbit, but um, you know, it, it gave me like reminiscent vibes of just a very happy Red Sox team, which I don't think Red Sox fans really saw in 2020, obviously, and even 2019. So to kind of, you know, and I think, for me that you know that kind of starts with JD's one of the oldest players if not the oldest player on the team is a veteran and to see him really kind of bounce back um it gives me a lot of hope and a lot of optimism for this season I feel like it's not going to be a very it's not gonna be a long 162 games it's going to be a fun and competitive 162 games if if this team can stay healthy yeah you know that's the one thing I agree with JD I think took the pressure off of a lot of the new faces, you know, Bobby Dahlbach trying to hit, you know, 750 feet you know, with every swing. You got a guy like JD, when your stars are playing big, right. You know, it takes the pressure on Christian Vasquez as well. When you, when you have those guys stepping in there and, and playing the role now, all of a sudden now Verdugo gets hitting a little bit, right. He starts heating up a little bit. You even see Kike now swinging a little more comfortably out there. And uh, honestly, in all of it too, Marwin Gonzalez to me, was a player that I was not overly excited about when I saw him signed by the Sox. And you know what? That's why I'm not behind the room. Uh, Marlon Gonzalez goes out and plays a fantastic uh, – at any position you put him at, he's respectable. He has good, solid at-bats. And, you know, but when you see J.D. up there and taking the pressure off of some of the other guys, and then you see the offense start to really coming together a little bit, you know, I, I don't think that's a fluke. And, and uh, it's, it's great to see J.D. back. Yeah. You know, talking about Marlon Gonzalez, I wasn't – I was one of those people that were like, no, we don't want another Houston piece. Uh, we don't need people being like, oh, the cheater in Houston. And then he's going to be with the, you know, Cora who's who cheated in Houston in 2017. But there was a play. I don't, I don't know which game. I don't remember which game it was, but there was a play. He was playing second base and there was a little bloop. And he like, he's like, oops, oops. I let it drop. And he got the guy out at second, which I thought was great because the guy, the, the go-ahead runner uh, actually had speed and he threw him out over at second. I believe it was the Orioles uh, series. Yeah, it was because Trey Mancini was on first. So I loved it. I'm starting to like Marvin Gonzalez. Um, I'll always love Verdugo, um, especially after how he played last year. Um, is in the fact that they put the mic on him and he was just like, nobody knows. And he's like, it's so lonely out here. And, you know, so I like Verdugo. Um, so we ended up winning the game 11 to, uh, last night's game, I think was the most exciting game of all six games that have, that they've played so far. The game started at seven a little after seven and it didn't end until about 1130. And let me tell you, staying up and staying up and watching the whole game and staying up until 1130 and then waking up at 430 in the morning the next day sucks. And that's what I had to do, but I would definitely do it again because of the fact that like, like I said earlier, they didn't come back from one deficit. They ended up coming back from three and it was absolutely amazing, especially with the way that the season started with the sweep. Sorry to keep bringing that up, but you know, you get something like this and it's like, you go, okay. Okay. So we've taken two out of three so far and you know, we'll, we'll get there. And then we get to see the Orioles. Did you guys end up watching the entire game? Yeah, I mean, it's my job to do so. So I know it didn't really have a choice there. 
Yeah, it's not mine, but uh, yeah, I couldn't go to sleep. I had to stay up and watch it. And it's way easier to wake up early in the morning after they come back and they win that way. Uh, so that, that it, helps. It, it absolutely is. Um, I've worn something Red Sox to work every single day this you know the season so far. And after the first series, um, one of my uh, old supervisor, he came up to me. He's like, the Red Sox suck. They're going to suck this year. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, whatever. I'm still going to rep them. You know, I wear, I'm going to wear Red Sox, whatever I want every day. That's my team. I'm going to support them. But it was extra nice to go into work today and see him and be like, oh, we, we have the possibility of sweeping them. We just beat them uh, last night and they had Tyler Glass now, oh, who yeah. is the ace of the the Tampa Bay Rays. And I feel I feel good about that. They they did good. They kept themselves in the game. And Martin Perez, it was Perez Day yesterday. So that was, you know, I went in going, all right, we got Perez on the on the bump today. And we'll see what he can do. Uh he uh, go ahead. That, that's a great that's a great sign. When when you're number five can hang with Tyler Glass now, who you could argue is that's better in the, in the AL East. I mean, some Yankee fans may disagree, but he's right up there. But when you're when when Martin Perez hangs and the Sox, even if they didn't cash in, they were they were you know they had some spots where they were putting runners on, they were putting pressure on. And I, I thought it was a great sign. I just want to add one other thing for the first game of the the Rays series. Adam Adovino came in 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 a tough spot, right? You know, oh yeah. Like, you know, and he put out the fire in a way that was really. I mean, I, I'm I'm very bullish on Adam Adovino. You know. Uh, he he's he's a guy with uber talent, um, and uh, but but to see it, Martin Perez though going back to that, Martin Perez hanging in there and going and, and giving you a big start against a guy that he really shouldn't be going up against was yeah. that's a big big boost big boost. Yeah, uh, it, you know the cool thing is, is he ended up going five innings and he only gave up three runs. So I mean he he also ended up striking out six. So he. He he really pitched well uh, for you know a guy who was the number two last year and being the number five this year uh, with his stuff getting six strikeouts, man that's that's crazy. Uh, but we ended up like we were talking about there was that JD blunder and then we had Christian Vasquez he came in. The ninth, we were down. What, what was it? Uh, three to two. Yeah, it was. It was three to two, and he ended up knocking a home run off of their closer. Um, it was off of Diego uh, Castillo, and it the it was a full count too. So there's that, and he just put put the bat on the ball. I believe it was a sinker. And just lost it. Just lost it. I went crazy. I was like, okay, okay, we got that. Then we go into, you know, we go into the 10th inning, and I'm just like, why is there a guy in second? Oh, you're kidding me. We got that stupid rule coming from last year. What are your guys, what are your thoughts uh, on the person on second at the, uh, on the extra inning? Go ahead, Lauren. I hate it. I think it's stupid. I think it, listen, if you want to speed up the game, fine. I totally get that. But I just feel like this doesn't do it. You're giving both teams the exact same chance to score. 
And sure, like, yes, it adds more strategy. Games really aren't going as long right now, but I I absolutely hate it. I think it's stupid. Even if last night when it benefited the Red Sox, still hate it. It's just, I don't think it adds anything to the game. Uh, I'm on the flip side. I absolutely love it. Uh, to me, it gives strategy 100%. Um, I'm very, you know, I've seen too many games over the years where, it's the 15th inning and guys are just swinging for the fences. Now we're moving runners, right? Now we're doing things that we actually want to instill in baseball that we want to see more of. And we're seeing teams do that and teams that are successful doing that. You know, it feels a lot like hockey to me. You know, we, you, know you have the, the four on four overtime and the shootout. I'm not saying one eight to a home run derby, but I think it's cool. It adds a nice, nice element to it. Um, so, so it, and it's great when it works out for the Red Sox too. I, I, I'm with you, Lauren. I, I hate it. I, I absolutely hate it, and the reason for the reason why I do hate it is because of reasons like last night. Um, it didn't speed up the game. It didn't speed up the game at all. Uh, I mean, yeah, maybe the game would have went like an, another inning or two if they didn't have the runner on second. But I mean, we would have. There's there there's got to be other things, you know, uh, like what was man for thinking seriously it's like oh, what can we do to make it better this year oh, let's 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 ask the fans what would you like oh bring the universal dh okay that's what you want what didn't you like oh the sec the person on second and extra innings all right so we're going to keep that and get rid of what you like so we're not going to bring in the universal dh and we're going to keep the guy on second uh and extra innings i really feel like that's how he he like puts together these rules. I, I, it's mind blowing. It's like people actually like told, told him like, listen, this is what we like. This is what you should do. Both teams were like, it, both, both leagues, the national league wanted the DH. Um, you don't want to see a pitcher ended up getting hurt while trying to swing, um, hit a ball. So, I don't know. Maybe next year we'll get the universal DH and we'll get rid of the stupid um, person on second and extra innings. What's going on, Ryan? Well, the like I said, the only thing with you know, I, I don't know if we've had enough time to really look at you know uh, if games last longer or not. But listen, to what we said here, starting here today, is the number of comebacks the Sox had and how exciting of a game that made that. The, what added to that was the Rays scoring because they had a runner on second, and then the Sox coming back. Right? You know what I mean? Like it does add that layer. What I don't want to see is, you know, a, a positional pitcher, a player, you know, pitching the 17th inning and, you know, Frenchie Cordero just swinging for the fences and we're just going to wait and we're going to keep waiting. We're going to keep waiting. And then we start, especially this year in particular, with the wear and tear that pitchers, pitchers are probably going to have on their arm for the lack of, you know, innings tossed last year. If there's an opportunity to cut down some innings, the last thing you want to see is Darwin's and Hernandez going four or five innings because he has to because somebody has to and then he's out for the year. So, you know, give it, give it a little bit of a shot. You might like it. Who knows? Yeah. I, I don't think you're ever going to get me to like the uh, person on second and extra innings. Uh, you know, that's, that's my opinion. I didn't like it last year. I, I learned to accept it last year. Um, I didn't think they were going to bring it back this year. I was wrong, obviously, but, um, you know, so is sorry. it fair to say that you don't like the double, uh, double header seven inning games either as well. Correct. Moving on. Um, <laughs> no, I absolutely hated that doubleheader uh, seven inning things because it, it, it's it's really not it doesn't do anything. It really doesn't because now you got a pitcher who went who who went a complete game, 
uh, went seven innings, you know, and now you're screwing up everything. So I, I, I just don't like it. I like, I, I'm kind of, I like, I do like making new stuff up. Like if you're going to be like, if we're going to end up going into the, you know, the 10th inning or something like, Oh, you can only bunt. There's no shiftings, uh, you know, stuff like that. Do, do other, other things. I mean, there's other ways to make it stupid, but not as stupid as uh, a, a runner on second. You know, I think it would be better doing it other ways. Just keep in mind, they do this for the world baseball classic and for a lot of youth baseball travel leagues, uh, you know, do this as well. So there's something the guys coming up are, you know, are, are quite familiar with. I know you don't like it, um, but, but we got to protect those pitchers this year, though. We really, do. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to say like you know if if, it, if they keep doing it, I'm not going to watch baseball. I'm going to hate it. I'm going to hate it, but I'm still going to watch it. I I say I hate it now, and I say that I've hated it last year. But I know come a West Coast trip when I am covering this game, and it's three thirty in the morning here. That that second that runner on second will definitely you know save my night from seeing the sunrise but for like until that happens and until i'm like just swallowed in work because of red Sox being on the west coast i will hate this rule or this rule change whatever yeah it's it's i'm never gonna like it but whatever uh i'll still watch there's that uh, so last night they ended up winning in the 12th inning, uh, ended up winning on a, was it a, do we call it a line drive, a line drive by JD Martinez over Randy Rosarina. And man, that dude's, that dude's crazy. Do you see some of some of the plays that he was making out in the, uh, out? No. No. You you cut off there. I, I don't oh. know if, it, if you if you if if you cut off for Ryan too, but yeah, you like froze at the end of your sentence, and I was like, "Did I see what?" <laughs> Did you guys happen to see the, the that that play? He made a play that reminded me of Kiermaier. Uh He like literally dove and flew like Superman and caught caught a ball that should have dropped in, and it's like that guy's crazy. He's crazy. Did you guys see that? Yeah, yeah, and I, that, that was nuts. It was awesome. And it, it really I just couldn't understand why they had him playing so shallow. I, you know, for, for yeah. against JD, a guy who goes the other way so well, I, I don't think it was his fault. But I, boy, I oh, really bad nah. positioning. It, yeah. it was he. He ended up doing like uh, fifty eight. Uh, he Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He covered like 58 feet or something in like a second or two seconds. I don't know. Jerry was talking about it. and It was a crazy stat. But yeah, you know, they ended up winning that game. It was nuts. I'm happy that they ended up winning because I basically said that if this game isn't over by 11:30, I'm going to bed. I'll find out the score in the morning. And luckily I got to watch the rest of the game. But um today's game uh, was a little odd. Uh today's game they had specifically on YouTube. 
Uh, I don't know if they had it on MLB TV or anything else, but it was on YouTube. A lot of people were not happy about this. Um, they're like, oh, why did I pay for Nesson to not have the Red Sox? Well, you know, the Red Sox do play on Fox, too, and ESPN. So if you don't have those, you kind of screwed there. But there was like 182,000 people that watched this game on YouTube. It was free. I thought I thought it was cool. I hated the announcers. I thought, uh, I don't know who it was. But um, bef- the pregame, they were t- they were actually talking about the yellow jerseys, and they were like, "Oh, they're going to be wearing these jerseys on uh, Patriots Day." And I'm like, "No, you idiots! They are not wearing them on Patriots Day. They're wearing them on Saturday and Sunday before Patriots Day, and then they're going to wear their home Boston jerseys on Patriots Day." Stop giving people wrong information. Yeah, I, I admittedly like didn't watch much uh, pregame stuff, and I wasn't a fan of the announcing either. Um, I just I don't know if they didn't have chemistry, and they just kind of didn't. Not. They didn't bring like the liveliness, and I understand that obviously calling baseball isn't isn't hockey, it isn't football, it isn't go go go. But they're just again the chemistry maybe was off for me, and I don't know. I mean. I, I, Getting the game was fine. Like I had no issue doing it, but my 92 year old grandmother had issue accessing it because she doesn't know what freaking YouTube is. Like she had no idea what, what like, how to get it. If she, then she's like, "Can I watch it on the computer?" and all that. But you know, I think that because so many people don't have cable, and there's so many platforms out there, uh, streaming platforms, that maybe this was kind of you know just kind of showing that hey, you don't need cable, or hey, like we can broadcast games on other platforms and have it still be just as accessible if somebody had cable. But like, again, I had no issue accessing it. I thought it was fine. I just was not a fan of the announcers and their pace of announcing the game, I guess, but obviously love the outcome of it. So I don't, I shouldn't complain too much here. Right. The, 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 uh, sorry to cut you off there, Ryan, but, uh, you know, one thing that really like kind of disappoints me about the fact that the Red Sox were playing on YouTube is the fact that I I purchased YouTube TV um, last year specifically because of the fact that they had Nesson. And then about two weeks after the season ended, YouTube TV got rid of Nesson. And I was just not thrilled with that. And then now the fact that they're on YouTube and I'm just like, ugh. but uh, go ahead, Ryan. You were about to say something. Yeah, no, no. I'm the guy like said, you know, I, I live in New York. So the only way that I can even see the Sox is through MLB Extra Innings, uh, and DirecTV is the only one that carries Nesson. So if I want to make sure I can see the Red Sox home broadcast, not only do I have to pay for Extra Innings, but I also have to make sure I go through DirecTV, and then I also have to pay for doing uh, Nesson as well. So for me, for a guy who's paying it on multiple ends to see a Red Sox broadcast, uh, no, that does bother me. Uh, I love John Smoltz. I think he's great. I actually like him a lot. Carlos Pena kind of boring for me. Yep. But the uh, the play-by-play guy was awful. Just, I, I agree. There, there was a play actually uh, in the audio that I played right before we started talking about the Sox. He's like, and he's going, and he goes yard or whatever, and he's gonna be going by his name. Well, what's his new name? Because I, I don't know what his new name is. I didn't hear him say it. You know what? I was hoping you were gonna say it. I have no idea what it is. I was hoping you were gonna say it. Nope, no idea. Uh, I was able to actually listen to this at work 
So I was happy. That's the only thing that made me happy about it being on YouTube. Um, The outcome was great. Love it. Love the fact that they ended up coming out with a three-game sweep. Um, Who do you believe is the player of this series for the Red Sox? Um, I think it's... I'm torn between Christian Vasquez and J.D. Martinez. Um, Vasquez had two towering home runs the last two days, and he's really come into an offensive catcher. We obviously know that he's known for his defense. We've seen him throw guys out at lightning speed. We know that. But to see him, the you know, since last year in 2019, just kind of really up his game and show that catchers can be offensively dangerous too is huge, and he had a huge you know, game-tying home run last night. And J.D. Martinez obviously had the game-winning home run, and he's just been so hot to start this season. And, you know, you don't win without J.D. Martinez. So it's really – I'm really torn between those two. It really could go either way. Yeah, I definitely had both of those. Uh, I'm going to give it to Christian Vasquez uh, just for me because the way he handled the pitching staff, uh, you know, in the first two games, I thought he did 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 fantastic job. Um, And then also to see a guy who's not used to DHing step in today, which, you know, I think everyone thinks it's such an easy role, but we all know that, you know, you gotta, you gotta really keep yourself loose and to see him come out swinging today uh, as well was, I thought great. And uh, it, it's a good problem to have to, to have such a difficult time between, uh, between both those players. Uh, I'm going with uh, Christian Vasquez. I believe that uh, he, he was basically, you know, it is basically going to end up being between him and JD, uh, but I'm going with Vazzy. He went, he went five uh, five for twelve. Uh, he had uh, two runs in the first game, an RBI, uh, a, a, uh, a walk, a home run on the second game. He had three RBIs the next game. He had a four seventeen batting average for the series. So I'm going with Christian Vasquez. And I don't know if you guys caught this, but he had said uh, that he is. He said, and I quote: "I'm feeling good." I'm feeling sexy at the plate. So that I'm that's the reason why I'm giving it to Vasquez. He's feeling sexy. Uh so before we actually end the podcast today, uh, I wanted to actually kind of get the our followers, our listeners, uh, our followers on Twitter and the people that listen to us on whatever platform they do. I'm giving we're going to end up doing a series follower uh, so it's a person who ends up actually, you know, communicating with us, you know, going back and forth with us on Twitter. Obviously, I'm the one that ends up actually uh, going back and forth with them and whatnot. Uh, this week, we had a guy uh, who is he, he's kind of down. Uh, he was kind of down on the team uh, for the first series. Uh, you know, this person sucks, that person sucks and whatnot. And then we ended up becoming friends you know kind of like stepbrothers you know the movie stepbrothers did we just become friends yep do you want to go do karate in the in the garage yep so this this series i'm going to give it to doug james uh guy ended up following us he was trolling us a little bit and giving a little you know negativity um if you will but as soon as like the team started kicking up, it was like positive vibes. He was going back and forth with me. And I thought that was really cool. Um, I told Doug that he needs to go ahead and listen to the podcast today. And he was like, oh, well, what are you going to do? Talk, say that I, I was just being negative. Nah, dude, 
you, you know, it is what it is. You're our first uh, series listener follower uh, of this season. And uh, congratulations, you win nothing. Uh, is there anything else that either one of you want to talk about or bring up before we end the episode? I mean, I think it's worth touching on Hauk's reassignment to Worcester. You know, obviously he was, um, I hate saying demoted, but, you know, he was assigned back to Worcester. He was demoted. And people were really, really mad about this today. And Alex Cora literally said 24 hours ago that that's probably going to be the impending move. It was always expected for him to go back to Worcester when Erod was coming back from the IL here. So... That's exactly what happened. People are still mad, but, you know, not that Hauk isn't MLB ready, but he's not 100% MLB ready. He's got a filthy slider. We, right. we know that, but he doesn't have that developed third pitch. This is going to help him do that. This is also going to help him build longevity and stamina and stay in games beyond the fifth and sixth inning. No, he does not control when he gets pulled. If he's doing well, fine. That, that's totally fine. But, you know, if you need somebody to go seven or eight innings, like Nate Evaldi needed to go seven innings today to give that bullpen a rest, you need to be able to do that. And how I don't think can do that right now. So like I said, this, this move was expected. He wasn't even supposed to be here to start the season. He was only here because Erod had dead arm and he did fine. He impressed. He did fine here, but he needs to work on developing that third pitch and his stamina. Yeah. You know, uh, I can't believe I actually forgot to talk about that. Um, that was one of the things that we actually were discussing before recording, starting the recording. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people are like, well, why don't we send, you know, Taylor down? Why don't we send Richards down? Well, Richards isn't going to get sent down uh, to have how come up. He's getting $10 million. So that guy's going to play. It sucks. If he ends up sucking, that's, that's what's going to end up happening. I'm going to read something that I ended up getting off of SoxProspects.com. Uh, one of our other co-hosts, Bailey, posted this. Um, they were talking about um, why how he's going to end up getting, you know, he was going back down or he was going to go down to Worcester. So a potentially any reliever uh, with a chance to develop into a back-end starter if his splitter develops to com- uh, complement his slider and he refines his fastball command. He could also succeed in a multi-inning relief role. Uh, that's one thing that I was actually kind of uh, talking about before is that if, you know, he's got a lot of similarities to Chris Sale. He's a right-handed Chris Sale, basically. I, I've posted a few times from Pitching Ninja. Um, the, they ended up turning Tanner Houck around and having him pitch lefty, and they put it side-by-side side with Chris Sale, and He's got basically the same mechanics. Uh, so uh, he will likely struggle to turn over a lineup of major league quality hitters uh, with his current pitch mix and mechanics. Arm slot and fastball slider combination make him extremely difficult on right-handers, but his low arm slot and lack of a third pitch give him trouble against lefties. The splitter is a new addition to his arsenal, but it has shown potential against left-handed hitters, which will be vital to chances... Uh, to chances uh, he sticks around in the starting rotation has the size and demeanor you look for in a pitcher and he's able to bear down when necessary. Uh, he's going to, there, there's no doubt he's going to end up actually being on the rotation full time within the next year or two. He's going to be called up by the end of the year again. Uh, 
you know, someone goes down uh, with COVID or someone has COVID or and somebody ends up going down and going on the injury list, he's going to be the first person they call. Um, I, I'm excited to see what he can do once he gets that split. Uh, he only threw it a few times in his first outing, and it was it was it was okay. It was good. It was good. Uh, the slider was nasty. We all know he has a nasty slider, but you know he's gonna end up getting figured out, and he needs to get that third pitch. Yeah, Brad. You know the one thing that I'll say is one thing I love about ownership bringing in Hein Bloom is if there's one thing that the Sox haven't done well, it's developed a homegrown starting pitcher. And it's one thing that Hein Bloom and the one thing that Hein Bloom is known for with his success in Tampa is finding good starting pitching or just pitching all together. So if Hein Bloom and in in or uh you know the staff feels hey he's a little more time in tinkering, the last thing I want to do is bring someone up uh you know and, and expose him to the league. Right now he clearly has a lot of talent. And if it takes an extra Two months, three months, whatever it takes to bring him up, and and he's right. That's what the that's what we need as a long term view for the organization, not just looking at it for what can he do next start. Right, this year is not it's not everything's about next start. It's also about you know the longer goal as well. And if the Sox can find a homegrown starting pitcher that has real talent, boy, that's that's a lot more important than than the next start. Yeah, and the last homegrown uh, pitcher that we ended up having in Boston, I believe, was Lester. So that just shows how long it's been. Yeah, I mean, we can't count Eduardo Rodriguez. You know, that was a trade from Baltimore. Um, so, you know, a lot of the finishing work was was kind of done. But if, if Hein Bloom says he needs a little more time as a fan, and, and it wasn't. Listen. It, it wasn't just Heim that says that either. And I don't know if that uh, core is saying it just because of Heim or whatever, but core is basically saying, yeah, go develop. And speaking of Eduardo Rodriguez, today was his birthday. He wanted to go ahead and pitch today. Unfortunately, he didn't get that opportunity. Uh, he will get the opportunity to make his, his first appearance since 2019. Uh, against his former team, the Baltimore Orioles at Camden Yards. I'm hoping that the Red Sox go in there and start to just just go on a massacre against them. Um, be like, all right, well, you swept us. We're going to sweep you. Um, we'll see what ends up happening. And hopefully on Sunday night or Monday morning when everybody listens, we'll have a great series to talk about. But uh, Lauren and Ryan, I appreciate both of you coming on and talking some Red Sox with me. Everybody else, have a fantastic day. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 